0: Prepare for Takeoff is a new podcast brought to you by the Cronin Office of International Education at Bentley University.
1: Hi there, and welcome to the Prepared for Takeoff podcast. I'm Laura Bentley, a study abroad advisor in the Office of International Education here at Bentley. Today, we are going to focus on language abroad, and we have three great peer advisors here to help us talk about um, studying abroad in a country where they don't speak English. Can you guys introduce yourselves?
2: Uh, My name is Brian. I'm a senior with a marketing major. Uh, I studied abroad in Tokyo, Japan, spring junior year.
3: My name is Chantel. I am a junior. My major is English, and I studied abroad in Morocco. um, And I studied abroad in my fall semester, junior year.
0: My name is Ben. I'm a senior here at Bentley. My major is managerial economics, and I studied abroad in Shanghai, China in the fall of my junior year.
1: Great. Well, I'm so happy to have you guys all here today. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you found yourself studying abroad in these locations?
2: Um, So prior to going to Japan, I had already taken Japanese 101, 102, and 201. So I had some sort of base with the language. Um, And then I realized, oh, I actually need to learn the language. I had taken like all three classes, but I knew I wasn't really prepared?
3: I chose Morocco, I think because I wanted to go somewhere different other than in Europe. Um, I wanted to really challenge myself. Um, so I know that Arabic is a completely different family of languages. It's a part of the Semitic languages, I believe. So I just wanted to challenge myself.
0: Like Chantal, I also wanted to challenge myself going to Shanghai. Um, I just really wanted to experience the culture. I know there's a billion people there and it's a whole different side of the world and they do things a little bit differently. Um, And that's really why I wanted to go to China. I actually wasn't even planning on taking Chinese at all, but the program um, made it mandatory, um, which I can see why and it's a good thing. Um, But as I was there in order to experience the culture, language became a priority.
1: Did any of you have any fears before studying abroad in a country that doesn't necessarily speak English? And did you have any challenges that you had to maybe overcome?
0: Yeah, um, in in terms of fear, I was very scared. Um, Not really until I got on the plane and realized what I was kind of getting into. Um, Just knowing that China China doesn't use English as much as a lot of other countries. Um, And then challenges, um, they kind of started as soon as I got there. Um, luckily, I had a lot of support from the program, friends and other people in the program that, that already knew a little bit more Chinese than I did because I knew none. Um, but when you're in a place that really doesn't speak English, you learn the language a lot quicker than you would in a place where you're learning the language as a second language. Um, and that really motivates you to learn because you really want to be able to experience the culture. And that was a big fear when I got there. I realized... Oh no! If I don't learn the language, I'm not going to be able to talk to native people. I'm not going to be able to, you know, order some different foods. I'm not going to be able to really learn what I want to learn and get the most of my experience when I was there. Towards the end of the semester, so I've already been there um, in China learning for three months. Um, my dad was going to come over, and um, he was really scared too. He's like um, trying to like, use the apps on his phone to learn a little bit of Chinese and stuff like that. Um, You know, I told him not to worry because I knew enough by then. So when he came, um, I was able to um, really lead the way in terms of ordering food, um, talking to the taxi drivers and really figuring out all the logistical things in Chinese, um, which is kind of a coming of age story, which I thought was really cool. Because usually it's um, your parents that are the ones that take the lead and order the food and make sure you're getting where you need to be and book the hotel rooms. But, um, you know, when my dad came, it was me, and, you know, he was really impressed. So that was, you know, a really rewarding moment that made the challenge of the last three months of learning Chinese um, really worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, In
2: Japan, as a freshman or um, any international student, typically uh, during the first week of school, you would join these uh, social clubs or social circles, as they call it. Typically, all oh, I guess international kids would go to the international um, social clubs where they speak English. Um, however, I didn't really want to do that because I went, I, I you know, I went to Japan for a reason. I wanted to speak the language too. I want to choose something different, and so I chose this uh, basketball club. Um, and there was one uh, person who spoke English. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. yes. <laughs> and so he's like, please, you know, why don't you join our club? Um, we're really friendly. We just play basketball um, three times a week. I was like, great. Um, And I turned up to the first practice, and I realized I was the only foreigner. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) I thought there would be other foreigners, and no one in that club spoke English except um, for my friend. And and that was really challenging, because all things I've learned in class, I tried to to say um, to to, to the people in the club, and they just didn't understand me. But in my head, I was saying, no, that's correct, because I learned that in class. I'm sure that everything was right, the grammar was right. But it really is that fear of being wrong Mm -hmm. and when you when you're face to face with a native speaker and they just look at you like what did you say and that's really actually really hard to overcome but Mm -hmm. I guess if you keep doing that you understand you kind of accept that you're not always going to be right I'm a perfectionist but I even at those times I know I'm gonna fail I'm I'm gonna make mistakes and you just kind of have to accept that and that's where growth really happens
1: so how did how did you guys practice the language and, and learn it, especially maybe not having any prior to your semester abroad? You know, did you you know join clubs or did you live with native speakers?
0: Yeah. So the the way um, I learned it, well, one, we were required to take um, Chinese classes, um, two hours a day, four times a week. So that really helps. It's more than um, the classes here at Bentley, which is just an hour and a half a class, two days a week. Um, I also had a Chinese roommate, um, which was very helpful. So um, whenever I wanted to go get food or had any questions, especially about slang, um, the roommate was um, a little bit better than um, the teacher. We were able to ask our Chinese teacher about slang as well, but not all slang is, you know, appropriate. really <laughs> the, the same. Exactly. So... Um, it was nice to have the su- support system in that sense. Um, also, in our Chinese program, we had something called Chinese Table where every, it was Tuesday after class, um, we would go out to eat with our Chinese class, um, which was just, just funded by the program and we'd be able to order and talk in Chinese with our teacher. Um, so that, that's really how I learned, just, just by practicing and not being afraid to ask questions when I needed it. Yeah.
3: Um, so I knew beforehand, um, that we had to take a language course once you're going abroad, um, to a non-English speaking country. Mm -hmm. Um, so the intent was there. I, my aunt, she purchased me a Arabic for dummies book. Um, (laughs) I really thought I would have used it, but I was so excited and nervous that I didn't use it. But, um, I learned Arabic, um, in, in class. It was the beginner's course. And, um... I also lived with a native roommate, so she was Moroccan and she kind of helped me with the Moroccan Arabic and teaching me some of the differences between that and modern standard Arabic, which we learned in class. Hmm. Uh, so I know you guys all overcame these challenges, but now what would you say
1: are some of the benefits of um, learning a new language, studying in a country where they speak a different language? Um, do you still use the language today?
0: First, the, the benefits of studying language abroad are immense. Um, just because, in the global society we live in today and how we're all connected by technology, um, any sort of um, language or language learning um, can be helpful for you and your career. Um, in terms of do I still use it today? Yeah, um, I'm a Chinese minor here at Bentley. I still take classes. Um, Even all the time when I'm walking around um, and I hear people talking to each other in Chinese, sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll butt in um, (laughs) just because sometimes I can't help myself, um, even though maybe I shouldn't at some points. But also, um, you know, going around, like I still go to Chinatown, whether in Boston Mm -hmm. or or New York in order to practice. So I would say that's how um, I mostly use it today, but I'm hoping that in the future... Um, in terms of a career, uh, maybe I'll see myself back in China, or if not, I know I'll definitely be working with Chinese mm-hmm. people, and um, being able to speak their language can only help. Yeah, still use the language.
2: There are certain phrases in Japanese that you can't express in English, and you know, vice versa, you can't exp- uh, certain phrases in English you can't express in Japanese. And so it's actually really fun in certain situations you could use this phrase and. When I'm speaking to my uh, roommate, sometimes we don't know how to say this Mm -hmm. in a certain language. And so, yeah, to this day, I'm still using it. I'm still, um, I kind of force myself to keep learning and kind of be around it.
3: There's not a lot of people who speak Arabic here on campus. There's a few, so I want to try to connect with them and just have like a little group chat or something Mm -hmm. so we could talk to one another. But um, the benefits of learning a language abroad, I would say, for me personally, just opening up this n- another cultural cultural like experience, so I think it's really important because, um, for example, in Arabic, there's a lot of um, relations to God and just faith in general. So you get to appreciate more how the language is, how the language was formed and how it's interpreted and used because there's a lot of religious based um, context behind what you, you you say every day. So we're almost out of time,
1: but I want to give you all each a chance to offer up one tip that you have for advice maybe for prospective students who are about to study in a country where they don't speak the language.
0: Um, so I guess my tip is that um, embarrassment breeds excellence, especially okay. with language. Um, you can't be afraid to just um, you know go out and practice um, and embarrass yourself. I remember one time um, I was on the streets of Shanghai asking for directions. I went up to a group of people trying to use um, my Chinese in the best of my abilities, um, asked for directions, and they all laughed at me. <laughs> um, and it's, it's that fear of being embarrassed that um, will really help you learn a language. Um, if you can just um, somehow be okay with being embarrassed, um, you'll learn a lot better because um, you'll be motivated to not be embarrassed. so <laughs> the um, is high. <laughs> exactly. Um, it, it definitely um, encourages learning um, the more and more that you practice and the more and more that you know you, you put um, your best foot forward and you put it in the effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, to go off with what Ben said, um, I also would say like don't be afraid to speak the language whenever you can, um, especially while you're abroad because, um, one, you might not have the opportunity again to be around um, a group or just in a country where that is the the um, the main language. So I would say just keep practicing and, and not to be afraid to just put yourself out there and just know that you know you're still learning and you're a beginner, so you have to make mistakes. Yeah,
2: I uh, would we'll just say kind of accept that you're a beginner of this language. You know, you're just starting this language. You don't have to get everything right. It's okay to make mistakes. And most importantly, when you're talking to someone, show that you're willing to make mistakes as well and and learn and improve.
1: Well, that's about all the time we have for today. I want to thank you all for coming and participating on our second episode of our podcast here. Thank you for listening to Prepare for Takeoff. Stay tuned for future podcasts and find more information on our website. And follow us on social media.